Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friday Friends Day, a podcast by The Mama Marketer. My name is Olivia, and I am here with my friend, Zoe. I say friend, but I introduce you a lot of the times as my cousin to people because it's like confusing because she's like my cousin's girlfriend, but like I just say you're my cousin. So my cousin, friend, whatever you want to call it, Zoe is here with us, and she is actually a COVID survivor, y'all. So I just wanted to have her here, and I want her to tell us like all about her experiences, someone that walked through this big scary thing that we're all hearing about these days. So let's take a few minutes and have you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Zoe Tyler. Um, I work at Diverse Care of Hayesville in Hayesville, Kansas, um, a long-term care nursing home. And um, yeah. Okay, so I know from knowing you that work is where you were exposed to this. So tell me a little bit like, the, was there a moment when you realized you had come into contact with a COVID patient or was it, did someone tell you after the fact that you had come into a contact with a COVID patient? What was the moment like when like you realized you had been exposed? Um, so one of our long-term residents, um, he was around age 70. Um, they go to Derby Dialysis where they get treatments done for their um, healthcare conditions. Um, and he went to dialysis one day um, and he was acting kind of weird the day before he went because we have to get them ready for the next day, um, give them their certain medicines, give them, you know, give them a shower, do everything that they have to do to get ready um, to go to dialysis. And he was coughing a lot, sneezing, like he had a runny nose, like he definitely didn't seem what he normally seems like. Um, and so we all kind of thought, we didn't think much of it, just kind of like an allergy type thing. Um, but then he came, he went to dialysis and he came back and they tested him at dialysis and said that he had COVID. So um, they didn't quite spread it to the whole facility and the employees, only like the, our supervisors knew. Um, and then once things started getting around and the virus started spreading to other residents, um, then they started testing the employees and telling us what we needed to do. Um, so yeah. Okay. So, okay. That's the, that's a hard thing that I've noticed, especially as we're going into kind of like flu allergy season. Like I have a feeling it's going to get harder and harder to yeah. like, as careful as we're all being, um, you know, he had the sniffles and so we, they, they didn't think, you know, still went about normal business. So, um, okay. So are you guys able to pinpoint like how he caught it? Like, so, um, when he went to dialysis, um, they usually have, uh, Derby Dialysis usually has around six to seven patients in there at the same time. Um, they don't overload their patients and they don't keep a minimal, um, but it's usually around six or seven and, um, they knew COVID was coming around and they wanted to take precautions. So they started testing individuals who would come in, um, if they had any symptoms like, you know, sniffling, coughing, stuff like that. Um, so he actually got tested at Derby Dialysis and um, it came back negative. And so they didn't think much of it, just like they thought it was kind of maybe like a allergy type thing. Um, and when he came back, he, that's when he started getting like the throwing up. Um, he was very nauseous um, and he was short of breath. And he is old, but he wasn't, he was in pretty good health for how old he was. Mm. Um, so they started noticing, you know, that, that stuff and knew that there was something more going on. Um, so then they gave him another test when all the tests came in and then it turned out positive. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So most likely when he went to this treatment facility, mm -hmm. 
um, at some point, maybe during transporter being there. Right. So how did it feel when they told you like, hey, Zoe, like, surprise, we exposed you to a COVID patient. Like in that moment, like how did it feel? Were you like, you're a medical professional. So right. were you like, whatevs, we'll handle it. Or like, I think I would be severely yeah. <laughs> out. So what went through your mind when they told you that? I, I was pretty worried because, you know, me being young, um, I do get sick a lot. Um, I She's a little accident prone, I've learned. <laughs> right. Um, but I, uh, I get sick a lot. When I get the flu, I have the flu for forever. I've had strep so many times. So I catch just about any type of sickness that comes around. Um, so I knew I was bound to get it at some point. Um, and when they told me, I was a little shocked. I, was, I wasn't really scared. Um, to say, but I was shocked because I would have thought that working in a nursing home and, you know, just like derby dialysis, they would have taken the precautions to be clean and to, you know, meet sanitary measures and all of this other stuff. And I don't know if they did or if they didn't do that, but... Um, you had a trust there yeah. that you were going to be safer than someone in the grocery store right right so i wasn't i wasn't too scared um i was nervous though because i didn't know um if if i was you know gonna get it if how it was gonna affect my body because i have heard of people you know passing away from it um and so i was a little nervous but i i knew i was bound to get it just because <laughs> i get sick a lot so so yeah so what was the timeline from the minute they, from the moment they told you and they identified that you had been with this patient, like, were you able to give, get a test at your job since it was a medical facility or did they send you somewhere? What did that timeline look like right after? So when he came back um, and they tested him right off the bat um, and it came back positive, um, they had to actually call the CDC and mm. order more tests for the employees and for all the residents in the facility. Um, and so it was, I want to say it was about two to three weeks before they got in all of the tests. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we had done is they had blocked off the whole hall that he was on, that he was, his room was on and, uh, all the patients, they couldn't go out of the hall. Um, they had certain employees working the hall that had already been working the hall, mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that, you know, there wasn't any cross contamination going on, um, between people and between residents. So, um... They had blocked off the hall, they had received the test, and then they started testing every resident. Um, and then after that, after they tested all the residents, they started testing the employees. And it was probably about a two-month, you know, testing period to where they had to go through and test everybody in the facility, um, every resident, employee, stuff like that, um, before anybody found out if they were positive or if they were negative. So while this time was going on, you know, we were all still, all the employees were still working with the residents and we weren't wearing, you know, we were still wearing masks because that was kind of what, you know, mandatory had, what we had to do. Right. Um, but we weren't wearing PPE, we weren't, you know, doing, gowning up the whole thing to mm. just go into a resident's room. Um, so yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty long timeline before we could find out if we had it or not. Yeah, I didn't realize, so you couldn't, you didn't like locally, you had to call in somewhere and have them yeah. send you the tests in snail mail, and then you have to send in the results. Yep. So like, that's a long time to yeah. not have an answer like that's that's pretty scary I didn't realize yeah. that um okay so talking about the test because I know I had a blip where 
I like had a little bit of a fever and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, go get, <laughs> go get tested, which ended up not being having the rest of the symptoms. But um, I had looked online of what the test looks like and I'm so squeamish and I texted your boyfriend Jacob um, and he had said it was awful, like the thing where they go up your nose and it's like yeah. in the back of your, so I too, super was chickened out and I did, it was like, <laughs> nope, I'm fine. Um, I took some other self-assessment and figured out I was fine. But tell me like, which, I know there's more than one type of test, so tell me what type of test you had um, and like real talk, like how it was. I know you're pretty tough, but like right. how was that experience of the test? So and you, you probably had to have more than one, right? Like, yes. Okay, yeah. so I definitely want to know how many you've had because okay. I know some people that have had scares and it's like one at the beginning and then you have to test clean at the end, but I've heard some people that have like way more than that. So just tell me about the testing process. Um, so the test that I received was the, um, swab that it wasn't, it wasn't a swab. It was kind of like a stick. Um, and it's the one that goes to like the back to the, like the top, the top of your brain. Up through your nose, right? Up through your nose. Oh yeah. Gosh. Up through your nose, through your nasal canal. And then it touches the tip of your brain. Um, and it, it, it honestly was very painful. Um, it, I wasn't scared to get the test, but I did know that it was going to be painful because it's a long, skinny stick going oh my through gosh. my nose and touching the tip of my brain. So that's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It really was. But uh, it wasn't. It, it was pretty painful. Um, but I will say that I'm glad that I got the test done because um, the other tests that you can get are like blood tests, um, and then they just came out with like a mouth swab. Mm, okay. Um, so, and I would much rather do the nose because it's getting all the way, you know, through your yeah. sinuses, through everything like that. So it'll and be the, kind of clearer. The nose test is that considered? I know there's like a quicker one and a longer one. Is the nose test is one you actually send in and you have to wait, whereas yeah. the other ones might be a little bit quicker. I hear they're like not quite as accurate, yeah. and um, and yeah, so you had the nose brain swab, which is yes. crazy. Um, and then you had to wait for that to get back. And it sounds like you maybe weren't surprised like when you got here. No, results. I wasn't. So what had happened was uh, they they took everybody's, you know, all the employees and the residents, they had to, they put the, um, the stick into a tube and they sent it out and they actually sent it to the CDC to get tested. Wow. Um, so that's a pretty big deal. Which but I know Kansas, I just was hearing this the other day on a press conference. We do, at the time we did not have any labs in the state that could process these. We have right. two now that have been like trained and able to handle it. Um, so that's why you had to send it all the way back right. to the CDC, which is just crazy to me. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the test wasn't bad. It was painful, but I will say I'm glad that I did get the, the nose swab um, because I feel like that one is definitely more accurate. Um, now at work, what we're having to do is we have to get tested uh, two days out of the week. So mm. we have to get tested every two days out of one week and it keeps, it's going on until, till whenever. Yeah. Um, but when I got COVID, I had a 90 day period to where I didn't have to get tested because if I got tested after my quarantine was up, um, it, it could still come back as a positive, um, mm. but it could be a false positive. Gotcha. So, um, they gave me a 90 day, um, time frame to where I wouldn't have to get tested, but that just lifted. So now we're having to do um, the mouth swab. So they okay. swab our mouths and they actually, I don't know where they came up with this or how they got this, but um, the CDC gave us little, 
They're like little tiny, um, it looks like a pregnancy test. Oh, how and funny. They um, put our swab, uh, they put some water on our swab and then put the um, water on the little stick. And it'll actually tell you right then and there if you have it or if you don't have it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely upgraded since COVID yeah. started or whenever we got it. Um, on so. the one hand, it's cool we can get answers quickly and that you can do it less painfully and have something that you as a facility can use routinely. Right. But on the other hand, I'm like, I never trust new stuff. Yeah. Like I never trust new medical things. And so I'm kind of like, like even the nose swab was like a false positive potentially. Yeah. And so you hear all these stories of like the number being inflated. And so I think that's a, that's, that's very real. It obviously right. can be. Um, so you've had at least two, one nose swab, mm -hmm. and then since then you've had just like the mouth swabs. Yeah, like so when I first, whenever we first found out that we had COVID in our facility, um, I my I had two tests just to make sure that, um, you know, the first one wasn't wrong or it was mm -hmm. right, um, just to double check. So I had two tests, one whenever it came out, um, and we, we knew we had it, and then um, one just to make sure. And then my 90-day period started after that, um, after my quarantine. And then um, it just got lifted. So yesterday actually was my first day back to getting tested. So, um, so yeah. Nice. Okay. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit about um, your symptoms. Like there's so, that's one of the hardest things about it is like when I had that moment where I like basically had hypochondria and thought I had it. Um, the symptoms were all over the place. It was like, right. you could have this, you could have this one, you could have none of these listed, you could have yeah. all of these listed. So from the horse's mouth, so to speak, like what were your symptoms? So when it first started, um, I actually believe that the patient who brought it back to our facility that I feel like he had it prior to going to dialysis. Um, just like I talked about the day before he wasn't right. Um, he wasn't normal, you know, um, but I feel like prior to that he had it because um it was kind of there was a sickness kind of going around in the facility where everybody started to have running noses mm -hmm. and everybody was coughing and nobody really you know touched on it just because they thought maybe it's allergies you know maybe it's just old people, old people. you know <laughs> um and so after that after that happened um I think after he came back from dialysis, my first um, symptom I realized was um, I lost my sense of taste and smell. And I, usually when I have allergies, um, that happens a lot to me, but it's not where I can't completely smell or taste anything. Um, but it's this just time, like dulled a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but this time it was completely gone. Like I... I didn't eat anything because I was like, I can't taste anything. So oh I'm, I'm not hungry. I wasn't thirsty. Like I, I wasn't, it just, it was crazy. And so I, so it I affected realized, your appetite a little bit too, like, yeah. which I totally think it would me too. If I couldn't taste the things right. I'm making or like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I realized that. And so I, I knew something was up and I was like, Oh no, like, here we go. <laughs> um, and so after I got tested, um, my, they put me on quarantine and throughout my quarantine I actually only have to do a 10-day quarantine um I don't know why it was 10 days rather than you know two weeks um and so through that period I you know lost my taste of sense and smell um or I knew what you and meant yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got very very nauseous and I usually get migraines a lot um, and so I kind of figured it was kind of about, you know, my migraines and stuff like that. But if I was laying in bed and I got up to maybe, you know, go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or something like that, um, I would completely just like 
you know, my head would feel like I was floating on a cloud. Like, I wouldn't even be able to stand up. It was, it was awful. And then, um, I started, you know, throwing up. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like I was throwing up just like mucus. Like, it Mm -hmm. wasn't I was throwing up when I was eating or drinking. Um, but I was, I was throwing up. It wasn't a lot, but I, you know, was throwing up. Um, and I had very, very, very bad muscle pains. Mm. And I usually, I have herniated discs in my back. Okay, did not know that. And, uh, I don't, I, I usually don't get a lot of muscle pains with that. Um, it just kind of depends, like, how I sleep and stuff like that. Um, but I would wake up in the mornings and I would, my whole body would just be, it would be awful. Like, my body would just cramp and I wouldn't be able to stand up. Um, and so I kind of took muscle relaxers and then I put some Icy Hot on certain places. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just didn't seem like any of that would go away. So is it similar to like, like I've had the flu before and I've had pneumonia before and you get like the body aches mm-hmm. where it's like kind of all over body ache, but it sounds like an extreme version of that. Like, yeah, it was, it was like that. Um, I will say it there on certain days it got worse and on certain days it got better. Um, there were some days where I would feel like my muscles are like on fire. Oh my like gosh. it was like it was it was excru- it was like excruciating pain. Um, and some days it was it was fine. It was just kind of like body aches. But um, I've never really had muscle pains before. Um, and like I said, I have herniated discs. So you would figure, you know, you'd have you know you'd have back issues, stuff like that. Um, but I never really have that until then. And so I knew something was up. And I was like, oh, this is awful. Oh, I no. feel I feel bad. Um, but those were all my symptoms, but throughout my symptoms, I never felt like I was, you know, on my deathbed or I was like Mm. super, super sick. Um, but I tried to, you know, keep a positive mindset about me having COVID and it could be worse. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about during your quarantine, because one thing that I think is crazy that you have told me, um, obviously, uh, Zoe and her boyfriend lived together. He acted as if he did have it. He told his boss, took a test, cor- planned on quarantining with you, um, and you guys just kind of assumed you lived together, right. so he had it. And then, come to find out, like, he actually never tested positive for yeah. it, which, you know, that's another one of those things. They say that it's uber contagious, and yet you guys in a one-bedroom apartment for 10 days, you know, um, never caught it. So I just kind of am interested to know, like, what was quarantine like? Um, what, were there any precautions that you had to take that maybe we wouldn't have heard of? So, um, my quarantine actually really wasn't bad. Um, like I said, it was just 10 days. Um, I got paid leave. So, which that was pretty nice. (laughs) Um, but, uh, it wasn't bad. Um, I got a lot of stuff done that I normally wouldn't get done. Um, I, like I said, I never felt really sick, so I was able to, you know, clean, keep, you know, keep up with the apartment, do stuff like that. Um, my boss actually told me that I, like, in no way, shape, or form could go out, like, go, could go outside at all. Mm. And so, because uh, they didn't really know exactly how contagious it was. Right. Um, or, this was fairly early on. Like yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and they also didn't know, like, if I was maybe having, like, early on symptoms and it would progressively get worse or progressively get better so they were just like you know stay inside Mm. just to make sure that you're you know you're okay um and so yeah it wasn't bad um me and Jacob you know we had to quarantine together he actually had to quarantine for two weeks instead Mm. of 10 days because his work was super worried about that um and so yeah it was pretty weird that he didn't get it with me because you know we stay we sleep in the same bed you know we do we do everything together so it was it was really weird um but he did start feeling kind of weird at the beginning um he was kind of having you know he was kind of nauseous and Mm. he was coughing a lot 
And so we both figured that, you know, he had it too. Um, and he was so, having uh, sympathy. Sympathy yes. pains is what he was <laughs> right, having. <laughs> right. And, uh, but yeah, it, quarantine wasn't bad. Um, it definitely was time consuming, I feel like. Um, on like the fifth day mark, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready yeah. to go back to work. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because I know uh, my sister knows a lady who caught it. Um, and she was a single mom and has, I think two or three kids and same thing. Like they had no choice but to quarantine together and her kids never caught it. So it's just on the one time, on the one side, I think that that is hopeful for like, I know people that are caretakers of elderly family that are scared every time they have to go visit. And it's like, well, maybe you don't have to be too scared because, um, yeah, it sounds like it's not quite maybe as contagious as they say um okay so tell me a little bit uh before we kind of get into my final questions tell me a little bit about like recovery which I know sounds weird because it's not like you were recovering from a surgery or a broken bone but like like do you feel like there was a recovery period or were you so ready to get out and already feeling better that like you were kind of full force or do you take it slow or what was that like so um Halfway through my quarantine, um, I actually started to feel better. Um, I think my symptoms only lasted for um, a couple days, but my, um, you know, my loss of taste and smell, um, I had that prior to um, finding out that the resident had it, um, which, and that's when I thought I, it was just allergies and stuff like that. Um, but halfway through my quarantine, I actually started to feel better. I wasn't throwing up anymore. I wasn't really nauseous. Um, I still couldn't taste or smell anything, which I figured was, you know, going to last for quite some time. Um, and I was really ready to get back to work. So, um, I, they asked me to, after, on my last day of quarantine, um, they asked me to come in and take another test. And that's, um when it was easier to send it through the mail and they were getting tests back faster. Nice. Um, okay. I don't know how that all happened, but they were ended up, they ended up getting tests back faster um, and the results back. Um, and so then I, I just got tested again and they told me I was negative, um, which they were kind of worried about me going back to work just for the simple fact that like my test could, you know, I could still have it. Um, just maybe not as strong of symptoms right, or something. Right. Not as strong as uh, in your body. Right. Yeah. And they weren't too worried because um, from what I understand, and I guess from what they told me, um, this may be wrong or this, you know, may not be quite accurate, but I can't, I can't get it again from the strand that I got it from. Oh, so interesting. the guy who actually got it or who, who got it first and passed it to different residents, um, he actually passed away. So oh, the residents that had it um, and who were still there, um, they said I can't get it from them again just because it's the same strand um, that I got in, you know, right. at the beginning. So um, they were kind of worried about me coming back and kind of not worried. So they ended up letting me come back. But I worked on the COVID hall. Mm-hmm. So um, with the patients who had it at that time. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't want me to, like I said, cross contaminate. So go to other halls and right. if I could, if I possibly still had it, um, they didn't want me to keep giving it to people. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So did the guy that, um, passed, um, like on record is that, was it because of COVID or was it because of like, was, he was obviously, he was obviously elderly. He was obviously in a facility. Right. Was it just kind of COVID was the final straw you think? So, I personally, um, I, you know, I started working there in May, um, so I got to know the residents, you know, quite a bit, um, before, you know, we got, before COVID happened and, you know, the facility had it, and, um, 
he had a lot of ongoing issues. Um, most people don't go to dialysis just to go to dialysis. Right. They usually have, you know, some other big issues um, that they go for um, to, you know, help get treated and stuff like that. So I feel like his um, his issues before kind of played a part in him passing away. Mm. Um, I think COVID was kind of like the, okay, this is it. Like, this yeah. is, you know, this is, this is it. Yeah, so. your body can only fight off so many things at one time. So right. that's... Sad to hear that he passed, but super interesting to hear about how you can't get that strand yeah. because I don't know of, unlike the flu, where we know there's multiple strands, I don't know that we've heard of this virus morphing yet. Yeah. And so I always talk about like Sweden. Mm -hmm. I think it's Sweden. They didn't do any closing down or quarantining or anything yeah. like that. They just kind of let it, let it run its course. Right. And they had um, their last <laughs> positive patient become, uh, like fight it and right. test negative. So as a country, they Just, basically beat the virus right. by not doing any of these crazy things. And so it's almost kind of like, like, like you were saying, I'm most likely going to get it. And there's a lot of people that say we needed to have just been exposed to it right. so that we could fight it. And then, you know, but I think on the one hand, I totally get it. Like, I'm like, bring it on. Let's just get past it. Like chicken right. pox, you know what I mean? Like right. no one wanted it, but if you got it, you could never get it again, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, and, you know, it's just that little chance that someone could pass away, um, which on the one hand, yeah, it's annoying that we have to do all these things for a tiny chance, but on the other hand, like that could have been your grandfather or your whatever, right. so so I get it, but it's super interesting that now you're kind of like safe to where you can attend, you can tend to those patients right, who right. are still fighting it off or any other patients that might catch it, so that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I only have two more questions left for you. So first, what, so like I always say on my show, I trust a person that I know rather than the news. So what would you say is like the biggest myth about COVID that either we've seen in the news or maybe a friend has told you, but what's like the biggest myth that you can 100% say, like this is not how so, it was? Um, I feel like the whole contagious thing, um, I've heard you know from many people at my job um, and I've read a bunch of articles where a lot of people say it's contagious, um, you know, if, if you're around somebody, they'll get it. If they're on, you know, on, on and on and on about this whole being contagious thing. And I just think about, you know, me and Jacob, um, for a prime example, like we, we literally live together where we, uh, we do everything. We, you know, eat off the same plates with the same forks, you know, stuff like that, drink from the same cups. Um, and he didn't get it. And I understand that there's, you know, like people, some people are asymptomatic and some people are not. Um, but I feel like if it was, you know, really contagious, like the flu or pneumonia or stuff like that, um, you know, he would have gotten it. And there's also some residents at the facility that, uh, didn't have it when it was mm. going around and act, they were actually on the same hall that the patient was on whenever he brought it back. Um, so we, um, I feel like the whole contagious thing is kind of, I don't know how to, blown out yeah, of I don't know how bit. to feel about it because yeah. I feel like there's one side of it and then there's the other side. So either um, it's not as contagious as they say, or we literally need to do in the movies and we need to get Jacob's blood yes. and like replicate it <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> to yes. make, uh, to make a vaccine or something. Right? So, okay. All right. So what about, um, now post, I say post COVID, even though we know we're not a post COVID world, but for you. You've been told you can't catch it again. So post-COVID Zoe, like what advice do you have for those of us that are scared? Maybe another person that just found out they have it or even just like maybe a better question is like what's different for you now having survived? Like this is like 
I feel like it's not trying to like fangirl or anything, but it's a big deal to yeah. have survived this. Yeah. Like I definitely think you need to like write this down or like I got to get a copy of this right. for you to keep because someday like a child of yours or something might be like, like how we think about Spanish flu. Someone right. might ask like, is it true America was up in arms about like COVID, you know, and you have lived through it. So like, yeah. what is something that has changed for you? Like what has impacted you slash like what's a piece of advice considering you're in the medical field right. and have survived it? Um, so I think the biggest thing for me, it definitely was life changing because um, I've, I've gotten to see, you know, some residents dying and actually some people who aren't residents, you know, I've seen, you know, kids and adults pass away from this. I think it is definitely, it's definitely a big deal. Um, I wouldn't take it lightly. Um, and, you know, me being a person who didn't, who wasn't really sick and who actually got probably like the good end of it, um, I feel like, you know, the whole mask thing, I get that completely. Um, but at the same time, you know, we were wearing masks prior to him getting it and mm. prior to him having it. Um, and so there's a part of me that feels like the masks don't really work um, because I'm a primary Because you still got it. I got yeah. it. So, um, you know, the whole mask thing, I get that. Um, but I feel it, it's, a, it's a very big deal. Um, and it definitely has changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, I feel like now I'm more, you know, I, I was clean before, but I feel like now I'm, like, you know, extensively clean. Like, yeah. I want to clean everything. I want to make sure everything is sanitized, like, all yeah. this other stuff. Um, so, I feel like probably mostly, like, being clean is probably mm -hmm. the best the best way to go about, you know, trying to make sure that you don't get it. Or if you do have it, just, you know, keeping clean and, you know, doing everything that you're you're doing already, but, you know, 10 times more. Yeah. Um, and so it so, really is as simple as, like, wash your freaking hands, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I am not a germaphobe by, by any means. We live on a farm. We like germs. We like dirt, right? right. But I have lately been like, I'm going to wipe down this counter a little more. I'm going to, yeah. like, have everyone wash their hands before dinner. Like, it sounds so simple, but that really wasn't something we were vigilant about yeah. before. But it sounds like it really is um, important. Um, my son, Warren, does these little, like, lab experiment things. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw this. But we had an experiment where we had to, like, swab the counter and see what bacteria grew. And then we had to, like, rub some hand sanitizer on the counter and swab it again. It And it, it's not, like, disgusting. Like, there's some crumbs and maybe some jelly there from lunch. But, like what was in the petri dish before the hand sanitizer right. i was like oh, oh my gosh <laughs> like it's terrifying so yeah so i and i can totally understand how that would be something yeah. that you would be so yeah oh my gosh well thank you so much for sharing i think this is going to be um i think anyone whether they uh have had a scare or just so many people just don't trust the news like i think this will be good for people to hear like what it was like so um do you have anything in closing? I don't think so. No? Okay. So. Yay. Well, thank you so much. Oh, I always ask, like, what are you doing the rest of the day? Um, well, I think we're planning on going to get sushi, which yes. I love sushi. So <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Um, and nothing else really. Today's my day off. So nice. Um, I appreciate you coming yeah. on your day off and talking about work pretty yeah, much. <laughs> so, of course. Um, okay, guys. So that is all I have for you today. Um, be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Mama Marketer. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on either Apple or on Podbean. And then just a reminder uh, every Sunday over on my Instagram page, I share my weekly 
target shopping picks. So I just go out and I share with you what I actually bought that week or just some things that I would be buying if I had endless budget. Um, and if you click through any of those affiliate links, I actually get a nice little kickback. So it's a good way to support the show. Um, so I appreciate you guys doing that. All right, that's all I have. Bye. Mm -hmm.